want to do a, a study tonight. Um, just take a just take one break, one night from our Philippians study that we began, and um, come to Ephesians chapter six. <clears throat> I read a um, a report I mentioned Sunday, I believe, uh, the uh, Barna group, a, a, a legitimate um, source, um, put a put a um, put a resort, uh, an article out and said 20, 22% of Christians through 2020 um, have fallen away from, from church. They've, they've stopped attending and maybe with, with right motives, but then going online and then they've stopped watching online and now they're totally disengaged with what's happening at their church. Um, pretty much their, their life, everything that they've decided to do, the church is not a part of it any longer. That's a, that's a, a sad, a sad statistic. It really is. Um, especially in, in the society that we're living in today. And it's not just sad for that individual, although it is, or that family, what what is sad is that that um, it's 22 percent less people that should be involved in a a lighthouse, a church in their community that is reaching people with the gospel. I've been encouraged with our church over the last um, really over this entire past year. Um, on a weekly basis, visitors come. People are here. And often I, I wonder if a visitor comes and the church is missing, because obviously we believe this, the church is not a building, it's, it's us. If the church is missing, then who is there to, to greet them and, and minister to them? Who's there to reach them if, if they're not saved and they need the gospel? And you say, well, that's your job as the pastor um, uh, when you preach. Well, who's there then to minister to them afterwards? Also, all through the New Testament, you would find that in the local New Testament church, the, the church is also there to minister needs. Um, often you would find throughout Paul's writings where he's encouraging the church to bear each other's burdens, to comfort one another. And, and how, how does that happen within the body of Christ if the, if the body of Christ is not engaged with each other? Um, several Friday nights ago, um, you know, at the Miller's house, several things that happened that evening, um, I, I don't think I'll ever forget. The, the sad part of this, you know, coming in and seeing Olivia there on the ground and the, the medical team working on her, the medical team leaving, and then the parents left with her until the coroner came. I mean, those are... Those were horrible images that just, I don't know if I'll just be able to get them out of my mind. But several positive things happened in that same evening. Within the matter of, of moments, their house was full of church members that were hugging them and praying with them in their hardest moment of their life. I mean, within 
minutes of them receiving the news, there were people ministering to their family. There, our deacons were, every, every one of them were there. Nobody was saying anything. Nobody knew what to say. But they were praying. They were in their kitchen praying. They were outside of their house praying. And I just saw the value of the body of Christ when somebody is going through just tragedy, that the body is there to encourage them. Um, When we say things like tonight, I I don't mention Jim Cress's name tonight to embarrass him at all. And Jim knows that. Jim and I have talked in depth about what's going on in his life. But when Jim comes to church, our church family needs to know that we have to minister to him. We have to pray for him. And, and um, one of the benefits of a church is, especially going through crisis like we've seen, we don't just come in and, and pat somebody on the back or give them a fist pump or an elbow shake um, and then leave. We're, we're there to encourage. We're there to minister. Um, we're there to lift up. And, and um, that's the value of the local New Testament church. And with, with everything that we've experienced from today in, in, in the news to last year, throughout the year, to, to every, everything that we've, we've been involved in, and, and those, those that have children, parents, I, I would encourage you to, to make sure that you're considering all of this. We are being flooded with division, with, with, with hurt, with, with, with opinions. And what it does is it divides. And when, when we as human beings are continually put underneath of that, that negativity, that division, where everything's a fight. If, 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 you, if you don't believe me, just, just put the word vaccine on your social media post and see what happens. You don't have to be for it or against it. Just, just put it on there. And see what happens. Or just put the word mask. Again, don't, you don't have to be for it or against it. Just put the word mask. And you would see the division that that's called, that, that causes within the body of Christ. And we need to be cautious of that and careful of that because we're called to do something. And that is to be the light. And when the body of Christ, they come together and they're unified and they're right with the Lord and they're being led by the spirit of God, then we operate as Christ desires for us to operate as his body doing what he wants done in this present world. That's when people are saved. The gospel is given. That's when people that are away from the Lord are restored that's when, then when people are discipled through fellowships, the Bible studies that we're speaking of. It's not just something that we just, what can we do tonight to add more? No, it's, it's for a specific reason to be grounded in the word of God so that we can operate as the body of Christ should operate. And I think that you would agree with me tonight, and I'm not, not just filling time here, I'm, I'm going somewhere here. I think, I would hope you would agree with me tonight. In 2020, the world that we live in, this generation needs to see 
the gospel lived clearly in the lives of the body of Christ. The light, because the world is so dark, and the only way to combat that is with light. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a light Scrooge because I don't like to pay electric bills. So I do it here. I'm walking through. I'll shut a light off on somebody that's in the room. Um, I do it through home. My wife likes light. And I'm like, every, she's got these lights, these lamps in every room in our house. And she leaves them on. And, and um, so I go through and I turn them off. And she comes back through and she turns them on and I turn them off. And it's amazing though, that in the middle of the night, she's got this light that's on. It's amazing that in the middle of the night when you hear a noise and you get up and there is no light, the, the, the things you bump into and the things, because you can't see, and then you turn a light on and ah. Oh, makes everything better. And that's what the light of the gospel does. It makes a dark world see truth. And in Ephesians chapter 6, I want us to be reminded of this this evening. In verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is where the battle lies. The the battle isn't against someone here in this room or your neighbor. The battle lies with spiritual wickedness in high places, the rulers of the darkness of this world. And if we just saw that one verse, it would be very depressing and very discouraging. We wrestle against, we wrestle against an a enemy that we don't have the power in ourselves to defeat. None of us do. And when we try to wrestle in our own strength, we will never be victorious. It's impossible. Yet, at times, we try to wrestle in our own strength. How many of you ever tried to wrestle in your own strength only to realize you lose every time and you're scarred and you walk away discouraged? It's, it's a hopeless battle if you try to do it in your own strength. It's impossible. And so Paul is remem- reminding the church at Ephesus that here is, here is where the battle lies. But he doesn't just end it there because ending it there would be very discouraging. He says this, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. For what reason? That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with what? What's that word? Truth. The stand, having your loins girt about with truth. Not, not, not lies and not deception not opinion or not emotion, but truth. And truth only comes from the word of God. You know, the most consistent thing in this world is the word of God. Our emotions aren't consistent. Our feelings aren't consistent. Those change. How many of you, you start, you've ever started off a day in a good mood and then somebody ruined it for you? Your emotions were... And how many of you, when you get to that place, you don't think straight? I'm that way. 
You, you make decisions based upon emotions, and then you regret those decisions. You try to battle something in your flesh only to make a bad decision. And then many a times, the bad decision we make as the outcome of that, we now have consequences to that. We just make matters worse. But there is a way to stand and and stand with our loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of what? Peace. That's what the gospel brings. It brings peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye ye are able to quench. What's that next three-letter word there? That makes a huge difference here. All. All. Not just some, not many, but all the fiery darts of the wicked. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And what do we, what do we face? The fiery darts of this wicked. This is the battle. But, but we can quench all the fiery darts. You know what that means? Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus, you don't have to give in. You don't have to be controlled. You don't, you don't have to fail. The victorious, the, the, each individual Christian can live the victorious Christian life because we're not living it in our power. We're living it with truth. We're living it with, with, with the armor of God. We're not, we're not living it based upon our emotion or our strength. We can live a victorious Christian life and all, all, fiery darts of the wicked be quenched when we live a life yielded to Christ with the armor of God and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit in verse 17, which is the word of God. You know what I find? My, Michelle and I had this conversation not, not long ago. She, she said this, it's an, isn't it amazing how easily it seems like people are deceived? And, and, and we realize this, and, and when, when the end times come and the Antichrist rules, there's going to be a great deception that all mankind is going to believe. He's going to set himself up as God in the temple, and, and mankind is going to believe that he's God, and they're going to take that mark, and, and in taking that mark of the beast, what they're going to be receiving is believing that he is God. In whatever he says, Israel is going to believe him when he says, I'm going to bring peace to Israel. And for those three and a half years, there's going to be peace, but then he's going to turn on them. He, everything he says that he's going to do is going to be a lie, but he's going to be believed. A great delusion, the Bible tells us, is going to happen. And you know what we, we realize? That Satan's major weapon, those fiery darts, the, the way he gets to our mind, that, that major weapon that he uses in warfare is to lie. Is to get the Christian to doubt, to believe the lie. If you don't believe me, right, go back to the beginning of mankind in Genesis where Satan tempted Eve. And what did he tempt Eve with? Yeah, he did God not say didn't, didn't, don't you really think that God meant this? And, and, and I don't know, do you really think that maybe, maybe what he was doing is trying to get her to doubt God. 
doubt his word, doubt truth. And, and he always uses lies. That's the weapon in warfare to, for him is to lie. Um, I, I, I've said this, when I was in India in the beginning of 2020, I, I did some research before going there, and I was fascinated. 330 million gods. 330 million gods they would worship. You know what the reality is? Satan doesn't care if you worship 330, 330 million gods. He, he doesn't care if you are religious. Because if you're believing in a, a lie, there's no truth in that. So his, his, he doesn't care about religion or those that are steeped in believing something that's untruthful. He's not going to, 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 to try to get them to stop believing in those gods. Just add another one. Just don't believe in the one true God. It was, it was um, devastating, I, I, I feel, in this past, this week, beginning of this week in our own capital. And as the, the, the new Congress met, there was one that prayed, and he prayed to the, the Hindu God. Well, you know, Satan doesn't care if you pray to the Hindu God. He, he, he doesn't care um, because he lies to the, to the unsaved on their method of salvation. He, he doesn't care if you believe in works religion. Believe in that all you want. He doesn't care if you believe that water baptism is what saves a person or, or, or church membership or belonging to a church. None of that would bother Satan a bit, a bit because you're believing in a lie. And on the same, he lies to save people. I found a couple things. I get a new Bible every year and preach out of that. And I was looking in an, a previous Bible. I found a, a quote that I had written down in it. It said, he lies to the saved as to doubt and tr- distrust the character of God. And that's what he does to the believer. You believe that there's only one way to heaven. So what's Satan's attack now? What lie does he give the Christian to doubt the truth and the character of God? You can't trust God. He's, he, he's not trustworthy. Distrust his character. He's unreliable. He's untruthful. One, one general lie, by, by telling both of us, um, uh, we have great potential, and, if, and if, we, if it can be realized outside of the, 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 the will of God for our life. He lies to Christians. You can, like Eve, you, you could be greater by not believing what God said. And that's the danger that the church finds themselves in. When I say the church, again, I'm talking individual Christians that you can find happiness or you can find joy or you can find contentment or you can find something better for your life outside of the leadership of God in your life. You, you can find a, a better mate or you can find a better life or you can buy, find, your resources could be better. If No, God is worthy and God is, is trustworthy in our life and what God has given us is the best. In God's leadership in our life, there is nothing better. But Satan will cause to doubt that. And 
we need to be cautious of that and understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I want you to see, turn a page over, and I want you to see a verse, and I asked our one o'clock service today to write this down in a place. I I don't think that people use three, how many of you know what a three by five card is? (laughs) How many of you use those anymore? I mean, you, you got smartphones now, you just type it in there. We don't need three by five cards anymore. But there was a time that, that before smartphones and reminders of that sort, you had to write things down on paper and you'd put them someplace where you could see them often. Wherever that place is in your life, I would love for you to write this verse down. It's a short verse and let this be your theme for 2021. This is a reminder that for me, and I'm going to use this as a theme for my life. And that is this verse in Ephesians four. Look with me in verse number 27 neither give place to the devil. It would do all of us, we would have great victories this year if we did what Paul told the church at Ephesus here, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him a place in your life. Don't give him a place in your heart. Don't give him a place in your thoughts. Don't give him a place in your emotions. Neither give place to the devil. How many of you think you can memorize that verse? There's only like one shorter, and it's Jesus wept. (laughs) This is like easy, easy memorizing here. Say it with me. Neither give place to the devil. Ready? Here we go. Neither give place to the devil. That verse could revolutionize our life. That verse could change the way we think. That, 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 that neither give place, that word place, is, it's a foothold. It's, it's neither give him a foothold or neither give him ground to occupy. Don't give him opportunity. Don't, don't give him opportunity. Neither give opportunity to the devil. See, we must realize this. Any opportunity given the devil is never going to turn out great. It's never going to turn out. It's always going to lead to destruction. At the moment, sin may look pleasurable. At the moment, in in our emotion or in our thoughts, at the moment, it may seem like a great idea, but it never turns out. We can't give place to the devil. We can't give him a foothold. One one easy way to give the devil a a foothold in our life is, is for us not to properly handle relationships. In, in look with me in verse number 26, just the verse above that, be, be, be angry. Someone says this, you know, anger is a sin. No, anger is not a sin. It's what you do with anger. There are times to be angry. But if you choose to let anger control you and use and, and let Satan have a, that, that next verse is neither give place to the devil, you let him have a place in your anger It'll never turn out right. But, he, but the Bible says this, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know, one way to make sure that you have a great marriage is not always, you know, a lot of self-help books, and they're, they're good books, but, but some of it just kind of goes back to verses just like this. Don't go to bed angry. Deal with it. Settle it. 
Whether it be with your spouse or with your child or or with a friendship or a a church member or or a coworker, don't, don't harbor those feelings because when you do, you're giving Satan a foothold. How many of you, you have ever been this way in your life? You know you're mad at someone and you know you don't like someone, you just forgot why. But I know, I know there's something about Tom I don't like. I just can't remember what it is. <laughs> it's been so long. I know I'm not supposed to like him. And I know he did something. But I can't remember what it is anymore. Yet I still don't like him. You know what I've done? I've allowed anger. I've, let, I've allowed Satan to come in in that anger and get a foothold. And now it's causing division and causing me issues in my relationships that that shouldn't even be there. I don't even know why I'm mad anymore. I'll sit with couples and they'll pretty much say the same thing. So what's wrong? I I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what's wrong anymore. Just everything. What's what's everything? I don't know. It's been this way for years. Well, let's start back. I can't remember. It's everything. They've allowed that sun to go down on on their wrath and Satan now gets a foothold. When, when I fight, you know, every, every relationship, whether it's a marriage, whether it's um, a friendship, every relationship has had a fight or a disagreement. I, I, the, I had a guy, there was a guy in our church that um, uh, when I was pastoring in Georgia, and he told me that he and his wife never fought. And she would look at me and be like, that's not true. It's not true. And, and he just forgot. But he, he, she's like, we've, I fight with him all the time. <laughs> you're going to have those disagreements. You're, you're, gonna, you're going to, uh, Michelle and I had dinner with the, with the Gagne's, the, the newlyweds back there, three months into marriage. You know what I stopped asking people? Have you fought yet? Because I know the answer. The answer is going to be Yes. But what do you do with that? You let it, Satan get a foothold, it'll destroy your marriage. And, and we, we need to be careful when, when we fight with your wife, your husband, and we don't handle it, we allow the devil to get a foothold in our life. And then we become critical, we become miserable, we begin to find fault, we, become, we get annoyed, what you've done is you've allowed anger, sin, to now get in. And instead of dealing with that anger properly, now you're sinful and now you're bitter. And it's noticeable. And it causes divisions in the body of Christ. There are people, I don't know who they are, but there's people that aren't here tonight because they're bitter. They've allowed anger to get in. And that anger then clouds their emotions, and then now they come up with a scenario that isn't true. They're not grounded upon truth. They have let Satan have a foothold, and now everything they view, whether with that person or that situation or that environment, they see through a foothold that Satan has. It's sad. Look with me in 2 Corinthians. Go over there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Everybody with me? Oh, boy. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? It's the next word, carnal. 
but mighty through, the God, through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not, they're, they're, they're not on you. You can't win in your strength. Just, just understand that tonight. You are not going to have victory in your own strength. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how seasoned you are. It doesn't matter how much life experience you have. None of that is going to help you. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. Strongholds. I was... Uh, I was a young kid. We were in Wyoming, and so we only lived there till I was about five, five and a half or so. So at the age of three or so, I don't remember the whole scenario, but I know from what I do remember is the, the neighbor lady that lived next to us, we lived out in, the, out in the, the desert there in Wyoming. And so we had small little lots that we lived on. And so the neighbor lady, she was single, but she had a boyfriend that would come over and um, he, he would come over late at night and he was drinking. And so he would park his car on our front grass and then walk over to her house. And I remember, I remember my dad walked out one Saturday and there it was again, parking on his grass. And so he went over to the, to the door, the neighbor's house, knocked on the door. And I think he was expecting, like in the past, the lady to answer. And he'd say, hey, you know, car's on the front grass again. Do you mind moving it maybe to the your front lawn driveway would be better, but maybe your front lawn would be fine. And um, the guy answered the door. And I remember my dad asking him, saying to him, hey, I need you to move your." And he went to slam the door on my dad. And my dad is taller than me. He's bigger than I am. He just stuck his foot in the door. I'll never forget this, like three years old. He stuck his foot in the door and the guy couldn't close the door. All I remember next is the guy was in his car and he moved his car. Yeah. I'm sure there were some things that happened to, to encourage him to do that. But as a three-year-old, I just remember, I remember, whoa, like don't mess with my dad or don't park on our grass, one or the other. And I'll never forget that analogy is my dad got a foothold in that door and once he got a foothold, there was a stronghold then that took place. And the guy ended up doing what he was, what my dad told him to do. And as a young kid, I remember that analogy. And I think of that today. When Satan gets a foothold in our life, all he needs is a foothold. And before long, he has a stronghold. And then he's getting you to do what he wants you to do. And how do you stop that stronghold from happening? You've got to stop the foothold. How do you do that? Neither give place to the devil. It, it's about um, not allowing him to have that, that hold on you, that initial, whatever that is. And, and that is something different for everyone. It's something different for everyone. It, 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 and I, I could just start naming sin, and, and some would say, that's not my issue. But, but let's say it's, it's, if, it's, if it's pornography, then you know how you not get a stronghold with that? Is you don't let a foothold. You, you put up barriers so you don't find yourself in a situation where it's easily accessible. 
or, or whatever that might be in your life is in, in allowing Satan not to get a stronghold is you've got to make sure that he doesn't have that, that foothold. I, I saw Justin Hammaker today and Justin uh, came up to the church to say hi, and he was just sitting in the car, and I didn't even recognize Justin. I, I had just uh, uh, had uh, Diet Coke in my hand, and, and Justin has lost, like, I guess almost 60 pounds now. And, and he wanted to lose weight, not this way, but, but um, he lost so much in the hospital, and he's continuing to lose weight now. And, and um, I, I, I mean, I didn't recognize him. I mean, he looked, looked a lot younger. And I said to Justin, I said, man, you are looking awesome. And he says, I'm, I'm, I'm eating right now, and, and, and um, I'm determined. You know, I lost a lot of weight while I was in the hospital there, but even since being home now, I'm determined. I'm not going to. And I said, oh, so you need to start drinking. And I showed him my Diet Coke, and he says, I don't even want a Diet Coke. I said, what do you mean I don't want a Diet Coke? He said, because a Diet Coke is going to lead me to drinking a Coke, and I was drinking, you know, two, two liters a day before. Again, the Lord just used that as, a, as an analogy in my life with that, that foothold leading to a stronghold. It's not the Diet Coke that's going to make him gain the weight, but he knows he's not going to be satisfied with just that. He's going to end up back drinking four liters of Coke a day by just simply starting with something that you think isn't going to hurt or I can control or this will be okay, and it ends up to being a stronghold. And that's what giving place to the devil in your life does. It normally starts with a lie. It normally starts with deception. That's his, that's his warfare. That's what he does with us. It causes us to think that, that this, this bitterness toward this person or this envy toward this person or this feeling toward this person, it's not going to destroy me. But it ends up getting a stronghold, and, and it ends up dividing marriages. Uh, I talked to a fella, not in our church here, but I was uh, outside and I, uh, a fella had recognized me and he began to talk and he says, you know, after several minutes of talking, hey, would you, would you pray for me? My wife and I, we are separated. And the, and the guy, I mean, he was a much older guy. And I, so I said, oh, I said, how long have you been married? He said, 47 years, something of that sort, 47, 48 years. And I thought to myself, after 47 or 48 years, why would you even think about that now? Because there's a stronghold. There was a foothold in an area that wasn't dealt with. There was a place that was given to the devil, and it comes in and creates a stronghold, and now it divides. And we need to be cautious of that. And I want to encourage you tonight in, in dealing with emotions and dealing with situations and dealing with all the negativity that has been thrown our way over the last uh, almost year now, be careful because Satan wants to destroy you with fiery darts and he's going to lie. He'll, he'll cause you to believe this. Nothing is, or, or the Bible causes us to believe this. Nothing is impossible with God, but Satan will get you to the place where you believe things are hopeless. Listen, the last thing the believer right now needs to be thinking is that we are living in a hopeless generation. Because if that's true, there's no point of us being here. But I believe that we're not living in a hopeless generation. I believe that we are placed in this generation to give hope. 
Just this week, there were three people sitting at a funeral, a hopeless situation that looks hopeless, death, where three people that were sitting in that funeral this week found eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's not hopeless. It's hopeless if we believe the lie that it's hopeless, but with God, all things are possible. You know, every, every book, every, everything that you, we would read on church growth, you know what all of it tells you? It conditions the, the reader to believe that churches can't grow. We live in a post-Christian society, that it's difficult, that it's almost impossible. And pretty much it gets you to believe that things are hopeless. But with God, all things are possible. <laughs> he, can, he still saves souls. He still restores broken marriages. He still restores broken relationships. He still sets the captive free. He still uh, sets the addict free from their addiction. He, he, he still blesses. He still supplies. Satan will say it's hopeless. God's word says there's hope. There's victory. How do we have that victory? Because I just sit back and hope for it or wish for it? No, we have victory when we, we arm ourselves with the armor of God and we, we, we not give place to the devil and we find victory through the power of God's word. Stronghold is when the devil gets you to point to the point where you give up on victory. And listen to me, church, now's not the time for us as a body of Christ to give up on victory. Close up. I had someone say to me just, just today, someone earlier said to me this, they said, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I don't, I don't have any children, raising children. And I just said to them, <laughs> We can still raise godly children. We, we as Christians, we, I'm, I'm glad the Millers are continuing to have children. And how's that? How many does that make, Philip? Four. I mean, there's, there's five, six, seven on the way. I, I know it. It's coming. And in the go six, five children. And, and, and the Manuses continue to have kids. I think the newlyweds up front here might even have kids this year. You never know. 2021 could be a great year. I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm, listen to me, I'm not upset that God's blessed us with five children, raising them in, 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 in society today. They can have victory through Jesus Christ. The, them having victory is independent upon what year they're living in. Being, having victory through Christ is dependent upon the whole armor of God, how we behave, how we act, the strongholds we let Satan have in our lives. Listen to me, you can still have a godly marriage in 2021. Don't let Satan fool you. You can still raise godly children in 2021. You can still have a godly church where Christ is the focus, where the gospel is preached, where the gospel changes lives. People can still be saved in 2021. People can still be baptized in 2021. God can still bless his people and will, st and will still bless his people in 2021. It's not dependent upon the circumstances or the lies that Satan gives us. It's dependent, are you willing to not give place to the devil and put on that whole armor of God and live in truth? Live in truth. The Bible says that God has given us a spirit of fear. You know when the spirit of fear comes upon you? When you stop believing God's word is true. Afraid. What's going to happen with this? And what's going to, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that we don't have common sense. 
I, I, I've, never, I've never taught my kids, listen, well, this is a busy road. Just walk out in front when a bus is coming. Don't worry, God's going to protect you. No, that's foolishness. But my kids, I don't say stay in the house and never leave the house because if you do, a bus might hit you. Oh, we got to live because we're the light. We got to show truth. We got to give the gospel. When we live, we don't have to live in fear. We can live trusting that the word of God, what he says is true. Satan will get a stronghold in your life and cause you to live in fear. And so my time is done. I've got to be done. My question to us tonight is, does Satan have a stronghold? Does he have a foothold? If he has a foothold, then he's going to develop a stronghold. And I want to encourage us. I just wanted to take tonight, go a different direction just for this evening, because I want you to leave here tonight encouraged. I, 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 you're going to turn the news on when you go home. You're going to watch it tomorrow. It's going to be, it's going to be miserable. It's going to be uninspiring. It's going to be, it's going to be who, who, was, who was shot here, who was killed here, who was violated here, who, whose house is broken into here, and, and how many people died here. I mean, it's going to be so miserable. And if we believe, if we believe, and I'm not saying those things aren't true, what I'm saying is if you let those things control your mind and give us Satan a stronghold that God isn't in control, that we're living in a hopeless world, that it's, there is no use, just fulfill your lust and do, because, because it's just miserable. No, you're believing a lot of Satan. You're giving him place. And you've got to decide, I'm not going to give him place. I'm going to, I'm going to saturate my mind. I'm going to saturate my, my life. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to believe the word of God is true. I'm going to apply it to my life. And I'm going to live this way so I don't have to live in anger. I don't have to live as a slave to Satan's lies. You know what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to leave here tonight like I do every single Wednesday night. And I'm going to take my sweetheart on a date. Because I believe in 2021, you can still have a strong marriage. Even if we have to be home by 10 o'clock. She's getting old. She wants to be home by 10 anyways. (laughs) I'm going to leave here tonight. You know what I'm going to believe? that every one of my kids can still serve God. Yep. Well, which one are you going to lose to the devil? I'm not going to lose any of them. I'm going to teach them to get into the word of God, to love the word of God, to apply the word of God to their life. I'm going to teach them what truth is. I'm going to trust Christ. And that's what we need to do as a church. Listen, we're not living in dark, miserable, hopeless days. We're living in days where the field is still white in the harvest. Christ can still save. His blood is still as powerful as it was the moment he shed it. There's power. We need to apply that to our lives and live a victorious Christian life. You cannot do it on your own. You must do it by putting on the whole armor of God. If you decide to do that this evening, apply God's word to your life, not give place to the devil, not give him a stronghold in your life by not starting with even a foothold. So you might have to say no to things. I got to say no to this because I don't want the stronghold that it will bring. Start this year that way. But you can have victory. You can have peace. You can have joy.
Christians can't have fun. I'm having the time of my life. And most of you are as well. What's 2021 going to bring? I don't know. I'm going to keep my eyes on this. And no matter what 2021 brings, this is truth. This is truth. I'm going to concentrate on living for Christ, living in his strength and his power behind his armor and bring peace. Amen? Amen or oh me? (laughs) Amen. Father, I pray you bless us tonight. Encourage us with your word, with the truth of it. Help us, Lord, to leave here tonight behind that armor. Satan's going to attack. He's attacked many today. He's discouraged some. He's thrown fiery darts. He's caused them to believe his lies. Help us not to fall for that. May we close that door and stop him from having a stronghold. As one of the men prayed tonight, if there's sin, Lord, we confess it and we leave it here. We give it to you and we we believe that you said if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can leave here, cleanse, not living in guilt, not living in fear. We can serve you. We're your child. We have access to you. And we rejoice in that. So Lord, give us strength through your word, through the truth of it. Give us power that only comes from your power, from your spirit. And help us to rejoice in the fact that we know you and there's victory in Christ. We thank you for that. We love you for that. Lord, bless us as we leave tonight. Encourage our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful evening.